Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on I'm this. <laughs> people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh Outweigh everything that I'm made of Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I get strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the mirror while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Did you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outweigh. Amy here, and I'm with Leanne. We have a new five-part series for you. We like to do series. <laughs> Four parts, five parts, sometimes six parts. Just depends. But Leanne was talking to me about five signs that our food struggles actually have nothing to do with food. And I'm like, hmm, tell me more. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess today will be part one, which will be sign one, that our struggles have nothing to do with food. Absolutely. And to me, it's like, can we get an amen? Can we get a hallelujah? Because every woman I've ever met that struggles with food in her body or is living in her own food and body prison, all she wants to do is think about food less, right? And turn off the part of her brain that is obsessed with food. And so I know for me, it came as such a relief when I realized like, wow, actually the food was just a downstream effect of what was going on in my head, my heart, my brain, my thinking and my beliefs. And so that's why I really wanna just peel back the curtain, share some of the kind of distinctions that I share with my stressless eating clients to really show you the cause and effect that's happening so that you can take radical ownership of what's going on in your head and your heart. And oftentimes we think, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm broken. I messed up. Or am I going to be like this forever? It's, it can feel really, really dark sometimes. Right? Oh, I thought that way. I thought, is this always going to be in my mind over and over and over, taking up so much space? Absolutely. I yeah. Mean, I didn't have 
room for much else. Right. And we think we're the only one that struggles like this because we go on social media and everyone's like, oh, I love my, you know, cake that I made with organic ingredients or whatever. And I, you know, this is before social media, but I used to be like, how do you have a cake in your house and not eat the whole thing? Right. So we all have our own struggles, our own judgments. And and I know with social media, it becomes even more challenging, but just know that you are so not alone. You are not broken. You're not weak-willed. You're not a self-sabotager. And oftentimes the struggles that seemingly think or appear to be food related really have nothing to do with food. So let's take a look at sign number one. It's really a sign or a symptom is that you spend way too much time thinking about food, your body, or your weight, but you still don't feel like you have it air quotes handled. Okay. And so to me, that is a sign that this is not a food struggle, right? Really what this is, is it's this open loop in your brain where you don't have a strategy for healing your struggles with food, your body, that doesn't perpetuate more obsession and your subconscious brain knows it. It's like our subconscious brain, it gets smarter. You know, every time we do this and we know we don't have it handled and then we go commit to the next thing or the next diet or whatever it is, maybe it's a book because we we think, okay, maybe there is something about this whole thought brain thing and we think a book will solve it, right? But if we don't have an actual plan to heal the struggle, right? It's like, you know, having a, a fire extinguisher and you're putting fires out all the time, but you don't have the ability to stop the cause of the fires, you're still going to be on alert carrying around a fire extinguisher your whole life, right? So that is really what I wanted to to put out there, put across, that that's just a symptom of a bigger problem of your subconscious mind kind of knowing like maybe I'm being tactical and maybe this will work for a little while, but deep down, this is not a long-term strategy and there's there's a healing that has to happen. Notice I didn't say you're broken and you need to be fixed, right? But something needs to be healed. The brain has to transform and new beliefs and habits need to shape new behaviors. The lower part of my brain was ruling my life when I had a lot of binge eating. And that was the loop of that, you know, I was constantly thinking about food. But then every time I would go to my pantry, it was a book that helped me actually. And it was called Brain Over Binge. And one of the exercises was every time I would go to my pantry and then turn around and walk away, I was rewiring my brain instead of giving in to that every single time because I, my, my brain expected it. And my lower brain was in control, my animal brain. And that was the loop. And then that was the one making all the decisions for me. And we don't want our lower brain making our decisions. Absolutely. And that in itself is this cause and effect because then we go into, you know, more obsession. So there's whichever way on the pendulum you're swinging that day. So whether it's overeating, emotional eating, stress eating, binge eating, filling some sort of void with food or the opposite which is really hyper control, micromanaging obsession. And if you missed last week's and the weeks before episode, we talked about this specifically where it's this concept of like, hey, I really want to stop dieting or I want to get off of this obsession bandwagon. But first of all, I have no idea what that looks like or sounds like or talks like, and it scares me to not be on something. And so if that's in your thought process, definitely go back and listen to the last couple of weeks episodes. But again, I really want you to get, there's this cause and effect at play that again, everything we're saying has nothing to do with food. Because again, you could have the air quotes, perfect plan for yourself and logistically or logically, your brain feels, you know, like, okay, I'm in control, right? 
But if you haven't healed the bigger, deeper problem and that plan doesn't stack up against life's happenings and circumstances and stress and emotions, your subconscious mind will know it and you can't outsmart your subconscious mind and self-image. Well, obviously everybody's different. Everybody's brain is different. When you say healed, what do you mean? Yeah, so really what comes to my mind first is is a brain scan. Like if you actually look at an fMRI and there's something going on in the brain, it'll appear in red, you know? So part of it is like oftentimes, and, and I get into the nitty gritty of this in, in other episodes, but oftentimes there's a part of your brain that's hungry, but we are filling it with some sort of something that's not going to fill it. So let's call it like emotional hunger, spiritual hunger, soul hunger, you know, social hunger, right? And so if we're filling that void, or maybe it's just like actual stress, if we're filling that void with food, that open loop, that fire in our brain is going to still stay on fire, so to speak. And so the distinction between healing it versus, you know, just putting a bandaid on it would be just what I said with the fire extinguisher metaphor of like just constantly putting that fire out, which is like, okay, another bandaid, another diet. I'm going to commit tomorrow. I'm going to start journaling the positive mantras, whatever it is, but we don't really fully believe it versus identifying what is the root cause of the struggle and actually figuring out how to put the fire out and feed that mental, emotional, social, or stress air quotes, hunger in our brain. Mm -hmm. And that's a process, but it's never going to come from a diet or a meal plan. Right. I think for me, the light bulb moment was learning that my lower brain was in control. That's what I had to heal. Yeah. And I know for everybody, it's going to be different. Just sharing my experience and the early on restriction in my life, like my teenage years, that's the restriction is what led to the binging. So cause and effect. But then my brain got so used to that behavior with my lower brain in control and the brain over binge explaining it to me in that way. I was like, oh, I've gone to all this therapy about my family stuff and my dad. And I always thought I was trying to fill this void. And I'm sure there was some of that there and some emotional eating and some comfort there. But really my brain just needed to get rewired. So for me, the healing was recognizing the different parts of our brain and having that hope and knowing that we can create new paths in our brain and it takes the repetition and I'm going to have to do it over and over, but it wasn't this diet. It wasn't this crazy plan. It wasn't me affirming my way through it. It was me continuing to, like I said, every time go to the pantry, turn around, walk away, go to the pantry, turn around, walk away. Look, am I hungry right now? No. Yeah. Turn around, walk away. Right. Turn around and walk away. <laughs> like we got I would the song sing to myself, yeah. turn around and walk away. Yeah. And then it, I wasn't always perfect, but it was like the more I did it, and there's obviously way more involved here, right? but it was the simplicity of like, oh, I have this higher part of my brain that can make decisions. I just need to start exercising it so it can take control. And every time I would go turn around and walk away, that was my higher brain. Totally. And I yeah. was exercising it. For sure. It's, you make such a good point. And just to stack on that too, it's the distinction between it's not always your past-based brain. It's really talking to that now present day brain because there is definitely a place for therapy and unhashing old stuff and healing. Absolutely a place for that. But oftentimes with the food stuff, and a lot of people come to me after they've gone down that road and they're like, why am I still doing this? Or why do I know what to do, but I can't get myself to do it? Or why have I healed from all of my daddy issues and I still, you know, feel this, whatever it is. I've heard them all, right? And I've done them all. 
But part of it is like, we need to figure out how to be emotionally available to ourselves right now. And sometimes it's not super deep. Sometimes it's not super like poetic, right? Sometimes it's it's a new definition of self-care that doesn't involve bubble baths and manicures, right? But it's about being emotionally available to ourselves in those moments so that we're not eating our stress or eating our loneliness or eating our sadness or comforting whatever we're experiencing. And when I talk to most women, the idea of being emotionally available to themselves in those moments instead of using food to fill a void that it will never fill, they have no idea what that even means. And that's where it has to start. Well, a lot of times I didn't even know how to identify what I was feeling because I was so numb. Absolutely. The eating disorder kept me numb. Totally. And that's a process I have to take my clients through, through is understanding that there's more than just, you know, for me, my emotional home was shame. I didn't know any other emotions, right? And understanding like, oh, maybe this is some low level disappointment. Maybe this is embarrassment. Maybe this is sadness. Maybe this is anxiety. Maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's all the things, right? But understanding where you are right now is a really important part to understanding who you want to be and how you want to feel and how to reverse engineer that. And you're right. That's part of the healing is like, we don't have a map for that. So our brain's on fire. And if we fired and wired food to fill it, or a diet to fill it, to feel in control, that's the part that needs to be addressed. And the hope and the beautiful part here is that you can get to a place because I do think that there is a time for food to bring you comfort. Totally. And a time for food to bring you joy. I just say that because I never thought I would get to a place where that would be my reality. And so I share that, yeah. oh, wow, it is possible because when you get to use it in a proper way and it's not just this dramatic thing, it's like, oh, Actually, if I were to eat this cake right now, it would be very comforting because my mom used to always make this kind of cake yeah. and I get to enjoy it with no shame, no guilt, no nothing. And it fills me up in other ways than just physically. Like you mentioned, there's a spiritual yeah. thing that gets filled up. There's an emotional side that I get filled up on. So that's that, a distinction in itself. That's yeah. A, yeah. a versus the. So mm -hmm. having food be a comfort in certain times versus the source yep. of comfort that we turn to, that's when it's it's a problem, you know, Love that it. we need to address. Okay. Well, there you go. Sign number one that your food struggles actually have nothing to do with food. And next Saturday, we'll be touching on sign two, which I'll give you a hint if you're someone that's like, oh, come Monday, I'll start this or next week or the first of the month. You know, yep. we've all been there. All we'll been be talking there. about that. Leanne, where can people find you? Absolutely. Over on Instagram at Leanne Ellington. And if you want to learn how to turn off the part of your brain that's obsessed with food, just head on over to stresslesseating.com. And Leanne has a podcast that's called What's God Got to Do With It? You can check that out. And we'll both see you together next Saturday. Bye. Bye. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, our lost sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's 
okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 